0: Welcome to another episode of The Decision Hour. I'm Adam, and we have a very special uh, show for you lined up today. And I say we, yes, we. You heard me correctly, folks. I'm bringing back a guest co-host today. You know her. I know her. She's a good friend of mine, Heather Dobson. Heather, how are you? Hi
1: there, Adam. Thanks for having me back. Well, I
0: figured we had so much going on the last time. We got to bring you back on for another. I
1: know. Do you think people would want to listen to like our private conversations too? I think to? I,
0: I, you know, there's we could probably turn that into a TV series, uh, <laughs> and we would make millions. Why we're not doing? Maybe, maybe. Hold on, let me grab my pen here. Let's write yeah, this write down. down. Yeah, we gotta write that down. Um, we got a we got a crazy kind of a, a different type of show lined up because we have a very special anonymous guest. Did that, anonymous? Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. Good. That's a big word for me. Use your army
1: words.
0: (laughs) yeah, I got it. Um, So why don't you? uh, So what? What are we talking about today? What what are we? Let's dive into this.
1: Right. So uh, a couple of things. I have a lot of people who come to me for advice for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Crazy, right? (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes that advice involves like making heavy decisions, right? And that can be. um choosing to leave a job, choosing to start a business, relationship stuff like all, all kinds of stuff right and and I'm honored that people come to me and, and run this kind of stuff past me or trust me enough to to be able to do that. so I have a a, a person who we're, he's an anonymous guest right now. Okay. I want to protect the innocent and the guilty yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But I, I feel like he has a lot to contribute to this conversation. And, okay. and this is what I'll say about him. He's a 27-year retired law enforcement officer, um, a, 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 like a cop, a, a really great cop who has been uh, definitely influential in, in my life in several different levels.
0: Community hero. Love it.
1: Community hero. Absolutely. Um, community asshole sometimes, too. So, oh. uh, so we're just going to call him anonymous guest. So A.G., so welcome AG. Thank you. Good to be here. <laughs> and the reason why I wanted him on this particular episode is because there's a particular discussion that that happened and I included him like I reached out to him to ask him some thoughts on this and I thought the input he had was was really great and okay. I think that it would be beneficial to listeners.
0: Okay.
1: So I'm going to jump right into it. All right. I have a friend we'll call her Fiona and uh, I say Fiona because I know people are going to go look at my my Facebook page, my Facebook profile, and try to find my friend Fiona. And I don't have her. so we're going to call her Fiona. Fiona is a first responder who is also married to a first responder. Okay.
0: Yeah,
1: okay. And okay. about three years ago, she told me that she was really unhappy with her job. I mean, like, just felt like it was a job. She wasn't appreciated. She just wasn't happy doing what she was doing. She lost her passion for it. Okay. Um so she and her husband started a side business. And the goal of the side business was to eventually to grow the revenue so that she would be able to leave her job. Now, this was 3 I think about 3 years ago, maybe longer. So just last week she texted me and asked me, I'm reading directly from my text message here. Can I ask job advice? I'm not even at work today. Crew member calls in sick for tomorrow. I'm stressing to the max about it already. The place makes me feel sick. Quit or not to quit? That was her question. So I wanted to have this conversation because I feel like these are the kinds of things that people think about a lot. And especially if they're in what they feel like is a really shitty job situation. And they feel like they're stuck, right? And I think that a lot of people feel stuck or they don't even know that they're just accepting discomfort as comfort,
0: does it? I mean, to me, it sounds like there's there's no passion with that particular job, J-O-B. I I mean, there's there's a, I think you would agree with me when I say yeah. there's a significant difference between job and career. Yeah. Right.
1: Right. And and you can have a you can have a job. You can have a job. Right. There's that not,
0: listen, is, nothing is nothing not, wrong with having a job. Maybe that's it's just a, a stepping stone for something for that person.
1: Exactly. But in for me, and I've experienced this myself. Right. And one of the reasons why anonymous guest is here is because, for me, choose I went through this when I chose to leave the military, like making the decision about whether to reenlist or to or to get out. Okay. And sure. all of all of the decisions that go in around that. And then I had to make a decision about leaving law enforcement, and I didn't leave law enforcement easily, but. I had a conversation with anonymous guest and he is actually a person who helped me understand that there was more to me and more to my life than what I was doing at at the time. Right. And, and I think that people get really stuck on these decisions and also don't feel like anybody else struggles as much as they do.
0: Do you think some of the reason is, is because it's hard for them to make a decision because of the atmosphere that they're in at that current situation at that current time?
1: Yes. So this is what I asked Fiona. First, I said, feels like we've had this conversation before, because <laughs> it's true. We have. So I said, one, are you able to financially survive without the income? Two, are you having a bad day today because you're already under a massive amount of stress? There were other issues going on at the time. Okay. And three, over the past six months, have the shitty days outweighed the good days? Mm. And so this is when I, I turned to AG and and I I started asking the question. I mean, 27 years as a cop is a long time. And and especially to be recently retired, (laughs) you've seen tremendous change in just the way policing is done. Absolutely. And so my question to you, AG, at that time was, what did you do and what was your mindset at those times where you were just really miserable at work? Like it was just, it was really, really shitty. How did you get through that and, and what made you stick it out?
2: Well, was, you have to look at it. Once you get some time on in any position, probably, you'll notice that things are cyclical. You'll notice that there are certain patterns that keep popping up. And if you're able to, to ride them out, then there's also the good side of that cycle. There's always a shitty side that's on top that all gets you down. But if you can hold out to it, you can ride it out. And there's usually a really good part afterwards. But sometimes, like toward the end, when I was getting on, like, I'd uh, say around 22, 23 years on, those cycles got longer. And I couldn't see the end of it. And I had to do certain things that were different to break myself out of those cycles because the area that i was in the atmosphere that i was in had changed so that cycle changed so by by recognizing that yes these are cyclical and if you could ride them out i would do that but toward the end there i was also able to realize that the cycle had changed the atmosphere had changed enough to where it was causing me a significant amount of grief on a daily basis even on my down days, it would cause me significant amount of grief. And I started to notice about 24 hours before I would go back on ship that I would start to get that irritating, mm-hmm. pissed off, nasty feeling that, that really couldn't, you, you, you couldn't get rid of it for a long, long time. And then you sat and you spewed in that yeah. for months.
1: People who work a Monday through Friday job and, and don't, particularly find joy in their job call that a case of the shmundays
2: (laughs) but then it was schmooze day Day.
1: so then on on sunday you start and this is this is a real phenomenon that on the day before you have to go back to work you start feeling anxiety you some people actually get physically ill to their stomach and and i think that that people get really stuck in situations where they go well this
0: is this is. What, it. what are you
1: gonna this, do? Yeah, this is the choice I made. What what am I gonna do? I have kids to provide for. I have a house payment. I have a car payment. What whatever the case may be. It yeah, I love your reaction too on this, Adam, because <laughs> that's my reaction also. And it might be good that this is audio only at this point because that was not a poker face.
0: No, it, w- sure. it, it it wasn't. It was because I, I've I've been in a, you know. I wasn't law enforcement, it was military, we all know that, but it was, um, I left my corporate job. Yeah. Like, no money in the bank, I, I was, you know, I had a different platform, as you know, at the time, and I, I walked in, it was April Fool's Day, April 1st of 2013, I walked in, and I, I've i never just blatantly quit a job before, ever. And I was making okay I was making okay money, not as much as I was making to the job prior to that. But I I also knew that, you know, I I was at this job for a year at the time that I left and I was doing my, my boss's work for him and he was getting all the credit. And it was, I was so over it. I was just like, F it, I'm done. And then it was like the next morning I realized like, oh crap, what did I do? (laughs) You know, but then at the same time, I was like, I'm going to make this work because at the time I was a single parent. And and so my situation was probably different than than some people. But there's a lot of people out there, single parents out there that Mm -hmm. that I, I work this job because I have to pay the bills. And that wasn't my mindset. It was like, I'll figure it out. And I'm going to do it. If I lose the house, whatever, I'll get another one someday. Like I, I didn't, I didn't care for me. It was about time with my kid and not losing that, losing my mind over a a job that I knew I wasn't going to spend the rest of my life in.
1: Right. And I think that this is where people get stuck is they are comfortable being uncomfortable or unhappy. And in this conversation with, with my friend, I asked her, what's the purpose behind doing something that makes you miserable? And she said, none. But why is it so hard to quit? And what I said is because we stay with something long enough because we think we need to stick with it. Or I've been doing this for 10 years. I need to do it for another 10 years. Or I've been doing it for 20 years. I need yep. to do it for another 10 years. Yep. And you're, they get, we get stuck inside of a comfort bubble. Yep. Even if it's miserable, it feels safer than leaving oh, yeah. that room. Yeah. So so as I continued this conversation with AG and he and he said that that makes a lot of sense to me that this is cyclical and it's going to get better. Yeah, it's shitty right now, but it will get better because it always has. But then he started noticing "Mm, it's taking longer to get better. Right. (laughs) My next question was looking back. Were there opportunities to leave where you thought like now you think you should have left? Like do you, should you have stayed 27 years or do you think that there was an opportunity for you to to do something else?
2: Oh, there was no way I should have stayed 27 years. (laughs) Hell no, (laughs) looking back at it, I should have started looking at something else around 20 because the same cues that were there at 20 were the ones that basically pushed me at 27. And realistically I could have done 25 and left Um, or I could have done 23, anywhere between 20 and 25, I would have been able to leave But I didn't, I stayed, Uh, it was comfortable. It was extremely comfortable, it was safe. I had an income, a really good income at the time. Uh, And they asked me to do less. So Hmm. I got the same amount of money for doing less because they also noticed that I was having an influence on the younger crowd coming in. (laughs) And so- Not the kind of influence they wanted. Not a good one. (laughs) They didn't want them working like me. They wanted their own type of, of, of employee. And they were teaching them things that I didn't like that I didn't think were safe. But they basically said, you can stay here, just shut up. And yeah. I'm like, do less for the same money? Why not? But what I didn't realize is, is that was the beginning of that just pity your stomach, really nasty feeling. Uh and it, it displayed itself in many ways. I and mean, I should have been able to recognize it. But yeah, I should have left a lot. I say five years ago. Yeah. At least five.
1: Yeah. And and In most conversations that I have with entrepreneurs, with people who decided to leave something, leave something we'll call stable, right? Which we all know is bullshit, right? It's false. Like no job is stable. You don't have job security. There's no such thing as that. And if if COVID has taught anybody anything, that is a lesson right now. Like you do not have job security um, regardless of what you're doing. And I have many stories that I can share about that. Um, but I can't, I'm, I'm racking my brain and I cannot think of a single person who I've had a conversation with who has ultimately regretted the decision to leave a job or the fact that they got fired or let go or laid off or furloughed Mm -hmm. or whatever, because they were stuck and they wouldn't have done that for themselves. And so by leaving that job in whatever way, that forced them out to go do something else.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now it's it, it's true. I, I I was um I was laid off in 2010, and it was I was in a position, good money, kind of the poster child of the of the organization at that time, and I was going I was going nowhere very quickly. And the only way for me to advance was more education is for like, I had to get a master's degree or something. I just had no desire to do that. So it was, you know, the the Monday after Thanksgiving, I got laid Mm -hmm. off and uh, it lasted about 48 hours where woe is me. And then I realized it was a blessing because I would have been stuck there. Yeah.
1: So I, I want to ask this question and I, and I have a response too, but I want to ask this to you, Adam, but first to AG over here. Were there people around you who were encouraging or discouraging one way or the other? So were they, you know, were they telling you, like, no, you know, stick it out for your 25 or your 30 years or whatever, or were there people who were saying, Oh, leave that, like go start, Something else. Go do something else. Like you, you've done your time
2: at the job. No, because at that point in time, from twenty, I say twenty-three to twenty-seven, uh, you start losing content. You're working on your own. Basically, you become a very segmented individual. So I didn't have that. Nobody would tell me. You know, I was the. I, I ran the squad, but nobody would dare come up to me and say anything like that. It was all work related. No one would say, you know what, man. We're seeing things in you. It's time to go, not even command staff, because I had a reputation for just destroying <laughs> command staff right in the hallways. And I didn't like what they said. So nobody said a word either way. Nobody in my personal life said a word either way. Um, I can remember talking to you later when we had, we had brought that up, and you said, Why didn't you just go? And that was the first time that I ever had to confront, you know, you probably should have left a little earlier. Mm-hmm. But to answer the question, no, at the job, never known never, because because of the position that I was in no one's anything either way
1: and and this makes me think of something else so Adam and I have discussed this a lot about when you're transitioning out of the military about preparing for life after the military mm-hmm. so as a law enforcement officer was the department or anybody doing anything to help prepare you for life after retirement
2: big fat zero but that is a responsibility and an air that I'm going to take on myself at hundred percent, because in my head, I had said, all right, five years before I'm going to leave, I'm going to do X. I'm going to do Y, I'm going to do Z, but I never did. Yeah. And it got to the point, and I recognized that I was deficient in skill and man, that really hits you when you leave. You're like, what are you going to do now? Why didn't you prepare? Yeah. And that that's on me. That's I think, me. I think that's me.
1: such a great point. And to, 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 to bring up here that if you, if you want to leave something you're doing now, whatever it is, because you want to go do something else, then at least have some kind of skill, right? Like understand or some understanding of what you're what you want to do. And now, right now, there's zero, 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 zero excuse for not experimenting and exploring and developing some skills with all the online services where you can learn anything from photography to carpentry to coding, to how to use Excel, how to create databases, like all of those kinds of of skills are available. And a lot of times at a very low cost and oftentimes for veterans and sometimes for first responders completely free. The, The Adam, have you experienced that either one way or the other of somebody close to you, maybe family or friend or something saying, man, I see you struggling. Right, you you have built this. You're working on this, and I see you growing, and I see your vision. But hey, why don't you just go get a job? If you just went and got a job, like your life would be so much easier.
0: So, uh, yeah, and, and bo- on both sides. So the, the the one side of it was, hey, you're supposed to be in a job for thirty years, retire, yes. and then die, like that. Yeah. Like literally, that was a mindset. And then you know, I've shared the the other time was I was a a business owner. It was right around the time I was transitioning, about a year, maybe a year or so into HMG, and I went to my my dad. I've told this story on other shows before. I want to tell it again because I love sharing this. I went to me and my dad were sitting down in Tucson. We were at a bar having a drink and grabbing some lunch. And I said, "Pop, I think I'm gonna quit my job, or I think I'm gonna I'm I'm just gonna shut the business down and go get a corporate job." And I said that because. My pop is always, he's, he's very, go get a job, work it for 30 years, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you, you know? So I'm thinking, I'm already thinking that that's what he's going to tell me. I'm thinking he's going to agree with me, which I should have known better. And and I I'm thinking he's like, yep, go get a job. We'll figure it out, blah, blah, blah. That wasn't what happened. He said, he looked at me and said, I think it would be a mistake if you quit doing what you're doing.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and I was like, wait a minute. It, wait, wait a minute. What? That's, you No, 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 no. You're not supposed to say that. You're supposed to tell me, quit, go get a job, you know, get a steady paycheck. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to tell you that. He's do like, you you, you're on the right track.
1: That, do you think that you were telling him that in order to kind of receive his seal of approval of closing business and going to get a job. And so it would make you feel better. Yes.
0: Yes. I was thinking my thing. dad, well, I don't remember that day fully, uh, <laughs> but, but I, I do say, and that's, it's kind of a blur and we don't have to get into the details, but it was, it was more or less like part of me was looking for pop's approval. Right. And right. like saying, all right, cool. That's a great idea. You know, me and your mom will help you until you get on your feet again, blah, 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 blah. And when he didn't say that, it was kind of a punch in the gut, like, oh, my God. Like, at, at first, my initial reaction was like, wait a minute, I can't get him to agree with me with anything. Yeah. Right. But then ultimately, I, that's I, now to flip that, though, that's when I realized, like, my, my, my parents believed in what I was doing. And then that gave me a whole different type of motivation
1: yeah. at
0: that time to keep going.
1: Right. And, and here's here's why I bring that up in, in two diverse examples. Right. So here we have a G who is he doesn't have anybody providing him feedback one way or the other. And also maybe wasn't open to that feedback. Maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have you, Adam, who is making decisions and is seeking the approval. Right or the input of, of people you care about. Right? right. And also I know that you were having conversations with other people, not just your, your, your family, right? but also people around you, right. right. People, you know, and trusted and, and that kind of stuff. And so here's, here's, here's why I bring that up. So when I was in the midst of starting my own business more than 12 years ago, um, and leaving a job to start a business and doing okay, like just doing, like my bills are paid. I had a place to stay, like, you know, doing fine, but I right. wasn't getting rich. Right. And my mom was just adamant, adamant about me getting a job. Like you need to go get a job because that's that generation's mindset. Right. Yep. You get a job, you work there for 30 years you retire and then, then you go live your life. Right. That right. has never been my mindset. I don't know. How or where or why I developed, what I developed. My parents. My dad is somewhat entrepreneurial, but but that's just their conditioning, right? And you right. can't blame them for that. Right. But you also can't allow that to affect you. Right. But I did allow it to affect me. And at one point, I finally was like, I'm just going to go get a job, like because my mom's like, you need medical benefits, you need stability, you need like all these kinds of things, right? Which are it's bullshit. And I got a job and I said, all right, like, forget it. Like, forget building this business. I'm just going to do the best I can at this job, even though I hated the job. Right. I hated it. Hated it. I had a paycheck. And nine months later, I got laid off. Like, nine months. And I just went, it, there's an even deeper story behind, behind it and the amazing things that happen when you pay attention to the universe right. or God or whatever, whatever it is. But in that time, I had a friend who I was talking to and I, I told her about my mom being so insistent upon me getting a job. I was terrified to tell my mom that I got laid off, terrified. I'm a grown ass woman <laughs> paying my own bills and afraid to tell my mom that, that I had lost my job. Right. Um, and this woman who who was about my mom's age said to me, what that stems from is her fear and she's not doing it because she doesn't think that you don't have the skills or the capability, but it's her fear right. and she wants better for you and all that kind of stuff. And, and this woman gave me one of the most powerful phrases I have ever learned in my life. And it was this, she said, this is what you say to your mom and to anybody who tries to douse your dreams or to shit on your goals or whatever. It is this, I accept your love because I know that you love me and that you want the best for me, but I reject your fear because your fear belongs to you. Yeah.
0: That's pretty yeah. deep.
1: Yeah, it is. And I, I think about that a lot. So, so what did you that, say that to your mom then? I did say it to my mom.
0: And what was the reaction?
1: My mom, my mom didn't have a whole lot of reaction, <laughs> which is not as a, not atypical for my mom. Okay. <laughs> But I will tell you what it did do is it stopped my mom from continually pushing me to get a job and shifted her mindset into actually seeing what I was trying to do. Gotcha. And so, so it made her shift that. And that was just enough. Like I, I wasn't looking for like, you know, this, this big cheerleader or whatever. I was just looking for Like, just get off my back. Right. right. Like This is going to work out. Like I had, this is all going to work out and it really has. Um, But what I want to say, I see some glaring differences here And one for anonymous guest is what I had the benefit of is I surrounded myself with people who had the same vision as I did. And Mm. it was to have a certain level of freedom because I was self-employed. Um, to doing work to me that was meaningful. And for that's different for, for everybody. That doesn't mean that I was only hanging around people who, um, who started businesses or who are entrepreneurs, but people who were rooted in positivity, people who were rooted in having a growth mindset, and people who were rooted in supporting one another, not trying to shut people, not try to shut each other down. Right. And that's so important, whether it's one person, three people, five people. And I think that that's one of the things that, that AG missed out on is not having a community to, to really to have those conversations with and to talk about what's going to happen in the next five years or what am I going to do before those five years is up. And having, the, having some accountability, like, yeah, I mean, right. Adam, Adam Bird, folks, Holds me accountable in a lot of ways that really, really fucking pisses me off, but it's all good. Like you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wish I. Oh,
0: I wish I could have snapshotted that. Oh, folks. Oh, that was priceless. Oh, the look on your face there was just (laughs) like, oh, that was awesome. Like I want to throw punch you right now. Thanks. Yeah,
1: yeah. Glad you're many states away. So AG, where where are you at now? You've been retired for how long?
2: Uh, coming up on two years.
1: Yeah. So you've you've had some time to kind of explore and yep. do you do you find yourself um, do you find yourself still going back to that mindset of like, I shouldn't have left or should have just stayed
2: well, no, no. or <laughs> No, I left for a reason. That's, it, you learn that this is not your place anymore, and so I've I've ate and swallowed that one. I'm not. I can't do that again. I couldn't do anything close to that again, and I don't want to do anything like that again. It's just not in my uh, my makeup anymore. I realized that I I was able to exist in a certain amount of time in a certain amount of space, and even if I went back today. I'd probably be gone in about 30 days. So (laughs) by my choice or by somebody else's choice, they just don't operate the same way. And you have to realize that that if you did your time, you did wonderful things during your time. It's not your time
1: anymore.
2: Right.
0: I was going to ask is, is, you know, with the last several years where you're just like, Oh God, you're dreading to go in for your shift. And now that you're been retired for about two years, do you, do you, do you find yourself more at peace now?
2: no <laughs> because you develop you develop a mindset you develop a, a a taste for activity for excitement for adrenaline you develop certain traits that, that are stuck with you like going to the store and checking everybody else out before you're going in you find the biggest guy who are you going to take down looking at you just different things like that you see people on the side of the road and you're like tweaker <laughs> or you're like the famous quote of where'd you get that bike you know, things like that. It's very hard to, to get yourself out of those things. And even sometimes I don't want to get myself out of those things because they help. Uh, so yeah, I, it's kind of a double-edged sword. You, you like those things, but you can't use those things. Sometimes they're really pain in the ass, but other times, you know, they're pretty useful. So I kind of stick with what I,
0: what, what I do.
1: I think that's really similar to people who transition out of the military, right? right? Yep. Because you have this ingrained way of thinking and you have this level of comfort with working with a group of people who understand, you may not like them and they may not like you, but they understand what you're dealing with or what your job is and all of that kind of stuff. And then you go out into the quote unquote real world. And, you know, you're telling a story, which you think is hilarious. And people are like, the hell's wrong with that guy? <laughs> <laughs> Never happened. Never happens. Yeah. And so I think that, that that's a, that's, That's that's another really important point here. Regardless of what you're transitioning, if you're if you're leaving something from the standpoint of of first responder or law or I'm sorry, military, you have got to develop ways to leverage the skills that you have in a different way. Right. And, you know, for me, I mean, people think it's so weird that I was in the military and then I was a cop and, you know, now I do marketing. <laughs> and for me, it's a it's a it was a natural progression. And being able to leverage the skills that I learned in college, in the military and as a cop, yep. just from a communication standpoint, from a human behavior standpoint, like all of that, it's a very natural. Progression. It
0: all ties in together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It all absolutely. ties
0: in together, and and people don't understand, like you just said, people don't understand that. But when you, if if you actually sat down and dissected it, it makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think my message for for people always, but to, to the people who are listening to this episode, is that I don't want anybody to spend a single day being miserable. And we all have miserable days. We all have bad days. But I don't want people to feel stuck in what they're doing or what they're not doing. And there's a deeper story that goes behind that comes helps drive my motivation. And I can't tell the story because it's about my mom and my mom would either deny it or not remember it. Uh, (laughs) But it comes from that that mentality of like, well, this is all I know how to do. Right. Right it's all I've done. This is all I know how to do. It's too late for me to change because I've been doing this for three years or five years or 10 years or 20 years. And that is absolute complete bullshit. We are able to evolve throughout our lives. And just because when I was in fourth grade and I wanted to be a racehorse jockey, and I'm not a racehorse jockey, you know, because by the sixth grade, I was too tall to be a racehorse jockey. (laughs) or whatever it is, like maybe you, when you were in high school you wanted to go in the military, you wanted to be a firefighter, you wanted to be a cop or whatever it was and you're four or five or six years in and you're like, I wanna do something else. Go fucking do it. Yeah. Go fucking do it. Yep. There is nothing saying that you have to be stuck with whatever your, your first decision was. Like you get to evolve. Right. And, and I will say this about, about um, AG. One of the things that has been kind of enlightening for him since he's left law enforcement and is, is, you know, somewhat sees some of the stuff that I do. And, you know, for him, it was a a, shock to learn that people, if they stay in jobs like three to five years and then they move yeah. to a different job because that's not that mentality, right? Like we don't like, for me, if you work at a tech company for five years, like you're old news, like something's wrong with you that you haven't been able to leave and go to another tech company or, or, or do something
0: advance or something.
1: Advance. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I think like making sure that you've developed your own decisions and your own mindset without the the influence of your parents or your, whoever's trying to, to hold you back and, and just, man, I just, my heart breaks for people who think that they're just completely stuck in what they're doing. Unless you're in prison, you've got a whole lot of options out there.
0: (laughs) That's very true. That's very true.
1: So I want to wrap it up by asking, um, a G so for, for my friend who is at this turning point point. Um you know she's she's been a first responder for we'll say about ten years, and she's got enough income to support her even if she if she leaves this this job, and she's miserable, like just fucking miserable like what what advice would you give her?
2: i I would ask her just to take a look, stop and take a look. is what you're dealing with part of another cycle? If it is, can you wait on it? Can you wait it out? Is there going to be a light at the end of the tunnel? But if not, and it sounds like it's not, can you use your current position to get training to help you in the future? Because just like me, I did nothing before I left, but there were detective positions available. They were supervised. There was bomb stuff. I didn't do any of that. But if your job allows you to go in a different direction and it's for free, take it. Take that training, sit it out for 18 months and then go. If you think it's time, Pick up another skill because they'll train you and then go do it for free. But don't sit there. Don't sit there and do nothing. One or the other, either recognize it's good. It's coming around and take some steps to change it or recognize that this is shit. Make some changes, get some different training and then be on your way. Yeah. I think
1: that's
0: great advice. I think so too. That's great advice.
2: I'm smart after 27 years.
1: (laughs) And hanging out with me a little
0: bit. <laughs> uh, oh, nice. maybe
1: maybe we'll have uh, AG on again, and we'll ask him some. I think we're some, gonna have to. He
0: seems like a like a smart fella. Seems like a smart fella.
2: My mom thinks so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Uh, we're coming up. We're we're up on time, but I I I mean this was a great. This was a great episode. And there's a lot of really dis, you know decisions you know that we talked about in this episode and man it brought up a lot of memories too <laughs> with yeah. it. And it, so it, in closing Heather what what do you, what what's the final message you want to say for this episode? The
1: the final message for for this episode is live a life you love and you are capable of creating that life. And that is not of all sunshine and rainbows and butterflies bullshit because we can't all be happy. Shit happens to every single one of us and recognize what you have control over. And if in mm. and, and the, the, the thing that you have control over is how you generate your revenue and how you generate your happiness.
0: Yeah. I was going to, if I can add to that, I was going to say, you have, you have control over your reaction to a situation. You can't control Absolutely. the situation, but you can control your reaction to it. So you're either going to be a dick about it and, and woe is me, or you're going to be like, all right, what can I learn from this? And, and regardless of how crappy the situation may be, turn it into a positive and use it to your advantage to move forward.
1: Yep. Any final words, anonymous guest?
2: I would say, if you're in that situation, be smarter than your pain. You have to outthink it. You can't live in it. So just outthink it. Find a solution and move toward it.
0: Love it. Love it. Heather, as always, thank you, Mr. Anonymous. Thank you very much for joining us uh, on this episode today. Glad you disguised my voice. Thank you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> And that's all the time that we have today, folks, uh, before we let you go. i got to give a shout-out to Heroes Media Group, our parent company. Go over there, check out all the great shows. Got some new stuff coming. Uh, Always new stuff coming, so go check that out. If you would like to be part of the HMG's family, simply go to www.heroesmediagroup.com. Until next time, you've been listening to The Decision Hour.